Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. It's baby season. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Babies are always being born. But today we're talking about raising eco-conscious children. Now, I'm not a mom yet, although I've been trying to be for a few years now, but that's a topic for another day. However, when I am a mom, I know that I want to be as eco-friendly as possible. I'm talking mainly secondhand clothes because who wants to spend top dollar for something they'll wear for three months (laughs) and minimal plastic toys and of course, cloth diapering. There's somewhat of a debate within the environmentalist community about if having children is a good decision when our planet is not in the best condition right now. Some people don't think we should be adding more human life that will be using resources from Mother Earth. I understand that argument, but having and raising children is such a special part of life. While we all have an impact on this planet just by being alive, we can make better choices about how we live and how we raise our children to be eco-conscious so that they can have less of an impact. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcasts on Apple and be sure to follow if you're not already. Then scroll down past the recent episodes until you see the review area. I'm sure you want to leave a glowing five-star review, so go ahead and do it. (laughs) It really helps with getting more people to discover the show. Here's a review that was left by Npuki. I am new to the sustainability world and was looking for a Black community to connect with. This podcast has been so helpful, and I love listening to the tips provided. Such a great way to engage the Black community and the environmental woes that affect us the most. Thank you so much for that awesome review. And one last thing before we get into today's show, if you aren't following Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram, please go do that too. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just search for Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram. By following us, you can submit questions for upcoming interviews, and if you use the hashtag SustainableBrownGirl on your post, I'll reshare some of your content. So please go follow SustainableBrownGirl on Instagram and start using the hashtag. All right, now let's get into this episode. Today's featured Sustainable Brown Girl is Lacey Weaver, an environmental educator and the creator of the Teach Go Green blog. As a wife and mom of two, Lacey is passionate about educating parents to make eco-friendly choices for their families. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lacey. 
I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yay. So I always like to start at the beginning. Tell us how your sustainable journey began. Yeah, so my sustainable journey began in high school. As a senior in high school, I took an AP Environmental Science class And I took it because everyone's like, oh, it's an easy A. So sure. (laughs) One of our summer assignments was to read this book called Silent Spring. And it was not until I read that book that I realized that I am literally a part of the environment and that my actions have an impact on the environment. And the whole concept of the book was you know, we want to avoid having a silent spring because of the actions that were taking place during that time. It was really having a negative impact on the environment and on wildlife. Very similar to what's still going on now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, my eyes were just open. I looked at everything in a different way. I don't even know if my family was recycling before then, but it just really became something that I was interested in. Um, Fast forward, after I graduated, I went to college and I took a biodiversity and conservation class and I was sitting in that class and I'm like, people can study this? Like people can have careers in this? This is incredible. Um, And so I worked really hard to switch my major to um, end up majoring in environmental thought and practice. And that just kind of kicked off everything that I do now. Tell me about your job, because I I was, if you don't mind talking about it, Mm -hmm. because you are literally an environmental educator. Like, what does that mean? Um, Yeah, so I guess I'll back up a little bit. When Mm -hmm. I graduated, I knew that I had this knowledge and I knew that I had this information and I had learned all this stuff about the environment, but I didn't want to work in a lab. And to me, that's what I thought you know, environmental science. That's what I thought those jobs led to was working in a lab. And I'm like, that's not really what I want to do. I happened to be on Indeed and an internship popped up um, in the like region that I lived in, um, which was about three hours from where I went to college. And I'm like, I'm going to apply to this. It was for the city. I applied and I got the job and I kind of didn't even know 100% what I would be doing, but it was in stormwater. And when I got into the job, I found out that I was like an environmental educator. And I'm like, this is literally the coolest thing I've, I've ever experienced. This is exactly what I want to do. And again, it was just a happenstance blessing. Um, But essentially, I've done different jobs since then. But as an environmental educator, my job is to educate the public. Um, I've worked in the public sector since um, I've started my career, and I love it there. I love being able to reach people in that way um, and feeling feeling good about where where I work. So in my job right now, I work for a local agency where I talk about water quality and wastewater. So my role is a little changed now because everything's pretty much virtual. But for the most part, I'm giving presentations and doing outreach to organizations um, 
and the public about water quality and about wastewater. I also work with schools in our region. So before I was going into the schools, but now it's virtual and I do like STEM lessons and lesson plans and things like that to get students excited about science, to get them to understand that there are jobs in water um, and really to learn more about the environment and their impact on the environment. Wow, that's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. Because, you know, I mean, I don't, it's been a while since I've been in school, but I know when I was growing up, I don't really remember learning much about the environment, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it's great to be able to, you know, go and talk to kids because, you know, really, of course, it's affecting our generation, but it's definitely going to affect the younger generations. And, you know, you can kind of see them becoming more interested in that. And I'm sure that by talking to someone who's knowledgeable about, you know, environmental things can, you know, help foster that and get them more interested too. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool because, I mean, I was 18, 17, 18, when I even like really realized about the environment. But I think today's schools and today's curriculums, at least where I live, it's very much ingrained into their curriculum. And mm -hmm. some schools are even starting to develop environmental science programs, um, which I think is really amazing. So, you know, they also have to kind of teach to some of those standards. So I have the joy of being able to bring the fun in yeah. <laughs> and saying like, you guys have learned all this stuff. This is how we apply it in real life. And also a lot of teachers kind of talk to me about how it's great for students, especially brown girls, to be able to see someone in a position like this doing this kind of thing. Right. It's always nice to be able to see someone that looks like you, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So I'm fortunate for that. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So I see behind you, you have a sign that says Louisiana girls. You in Louisiana? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, wow. Awesome. So I had... Um, Jasmine Sanders on a, a, a couple of months ago, and she is also also from Louisiana. And uh, part of the way that she got interested in, um, you know, environmentalism was because of, you know, like Hurricane Katrina and, right. you know, seeing all of the devastation from, you know, like major um, weather events. Has has that had any impact on you with, you know, the, the way that you feel about environmentalism? Has it made, you know, more of an impact? Yeah. So the area that I live in now, I live in Virginia um, okay. and we, so our region, we have seven cities, well, more than seven cities, but we all, we call it all Hampton Roads. And so one of the neighboring cities, um, Norfolk, I used to work there, um, but I live like 10, 15 minutes from there. They are pretty similar to New Orleans in terms of like sea level, like they're mm -hmm. literally like at sea level. And so it floods all the time, uh, literally all the time. And where we're located in Virginia, I would say we're fortunate um, that when we get hit, it's not as devastating as it is in Louisiana. Um, but we have very similar issues with flooding. So I see that so often. I even remember a time when I was leaving work and I, I couldn't even get home because wow. the interstate was completely flooded. And I'm calling my dad because I'm also directionally challenged. So <laughs> I like don't know any other way to get home. And I'm calling my dad like, what do I do? I don't know where to go. And 
you know, I'm trying to find high points and like different spots in the neighborhood where I can sit because I'm in a little teeny car um, so that I don't get flooded out. And I'm not one of those cars that are floating around. You know, I can Mm -hmm. look out and see cars literally floating. And so it does. It motivates me to know that like what I'm doing, what I'm talking about, what I'm working towards, it's happening right now. And it's not going to get any better if, if we don't do something. Um, so even though I'm not in Louisiana, I do definitely see a lot of the impacts of that every day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely seems that we're seeing it more and more throughout the country with all these extreme weather events, you know, right. so it's crazy. But I want to go back to you and your sustainable journey. So, you know, after college, um, you know, I'm sure you, you know, continued your sustainable journey. Like, what did that mean to you as Mm -hmm. far, you know, as far as like the activities you participated in and, you know, and whatnot? Like, how, how did you exemplify your sustainability when you were, you know, younger, before you became a parent? So a lot of what I did, I kind of threw into my job. Um, For a really long time, I not, not embarrassed a little bit. I didn't know how to share my sustainability lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think people would understand or connect or resonate. Um, And that's probably one of the reasons why it's taking me so long to be open and sharing about it. Um, because it's unconventional and untraditional, you know, it's, it's not something that everyone does every day yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me a while. So a lot of what I did, I threw into my job. Um, and that to me was where I was making the most impact because I was in schools all the time. I was reaching students and, um, we would be in the same type of communities. So I was building connections with the people in those communities where when I came, they would recognize my face. Um, and that was incredible to me. Um, I was also taking part in um, helping to create different things for the cities that I was working in, like really making an impact. And um, and that was important for me. And so at the time, that was my big thing. And then at home, I would do much smaller things. Um, So, you know, using my reusable bags, um, using my reusable straws. I stopped buying plastic water bottles because I started learning about how important it is to use local water sources and the impact of plastic on the environment. Um, So I definitely started with those smaller things. Um, One of the things I started in college was reducing my meat consumption giving up red meat altogether, which being from Louisiana was not easy. (laughs) It was not easy. Um, But, you know, just like those little things that I started and then I grew on them. Um, And I would say having having my son and also the pandemic, um, having more time, I was able to exponentially grow in the things that I was doing. Mm, yes, yes. So when you um, did become a parent, you had your son. What did you have like a phase where you were like, oh, it's it's too difficult to be sustainable, you know, like, or, you know, did you ever have a have that, you know, have a come to Jesus moment where it's like, either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it? Um, it was one of those things where I always knew I was going to do it. 
Yeah. I I remember even before I had my son, I remember talking to some of my family members. This was before I was pregnant. I think mm-hmm. I was married though. And I remember saying like, yeah, I'm going to cloth diaper when I have a baby. <laughs> and my family was like, girl, please, <laughs> you say that now. Because a lot of things with parenting is like that. Oh, you say right. that now. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, that was ambitious. Um But that kind of thing, I knew that I wanted to do that. I knew that I wanted to try my hardest at breastfeeding. Um, You know, obviously everyone may not be able to, but I knew I was going to give it a really good try. Um, I knew that I was going to try to make my own baby food. Uh, So those kinds of things, I knew that I was going to do my best at trying, but I always gave myself the caveat, you are a busy working mom. And if you don't have time to do that, just do the best you can. Um, and that's still the way today that I parent. I literally try the best that I can every day, but some days are hard and some days you just can't do it. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about this cloth diapering because I'm so (laughs) interested. I've, I've watched so many videos on YouTube about cloth diapering and I don't even have a baby. So, (laughs) um, I, I too have have always, I mean, not always, but for, you know, as long as I've been thinking about having children and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being on my sustainable journey, I've also wanted to cloth diaper. Right. So tell me the pros and cons of cloth diapering. Um, so I'll start with the cons. Okay. Um, it's an upfront cost. But it doesn't have to be. So for me personally, someone from work, uh, she gave me some of her old cloth diapers, which was amazing. And then I also went to this local um, like baby thrift store that's like right down the street from my house. And I got some cloth diapers from there. So I only ended up having to buy like one or two, like six packs of diapers. Um, So... That is one thing, though. For most people, there is an upfront cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is the washing of the diapers. I know that get, that gets people so hung up. Like, how do I wash them? How do I clean them? Don't they stink? Uh, and I'll be honest and say, I mean, they're going to poop in them. So poop stinks regardless. Disposable mm-hmm. diaper or cloth diaper. And disposable diaper or cloth diaper, you're probably going to get poop on your hands as a parent. And that's, that's just parenting. (laughs) And um, so that is going to happen. So the cons, you're going to have to wash the diapers. And um, that was something that did intimidate me at first. But I will honestly and truly say it's really not that bad. I am very much into like routines and systems. It just becomes a routine. And it's so second nature that you don't even think about it anymore. You just, oh, it's time to wash cloth diapers. Um, So for me, those were the big ones. Um, Another one was really just like adjusting. So my mom, I have the benefit of my mom being able to watch my son a few days a week, which is really awesome. So getting her on board with cloth diapers, she actually loves them now. But at first she's like, oh, lacy. (laughs) Um, And it's the same for some people. I know some daycares don't even take cloth diapers. Mm -hmm. Um, So just figuring out a system where everyone kind of gets on board, it it may take a little bit of time. Um, Benefits of cloth diapering. It saves you so much money. It truly saves you so much money. I mean, these packs of diapers, let's say 
I looked at it the other day, maybe 50 diapers. It could be like $25. And when your baby's small, you could be going through 10 diapers a day. Wow. So, um, you know, it's less as they get older, but when they're newborns, when they're in their first couple months, you are going through some diapers and it's so expensive, like trying to keep up with these diapers, keep them in your house and knowing that I have all the diapers that I need. Um, it feels really good and financially it works out very well for us. Um, Another pro that's awesome is that it feels really good on my baby's skin. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, she's not as sensitive, it seems. Um, But my son, he had sensitive skin and would like get rashes and things from certain types of diapers. And we just didn't have that same issue with the cloth diapers, which was really nice. So it's like better for their skin, um, especially if your baby has sensitive skin. Um, so that's, that's really nice. And then of course the big one for me was that I'm reducing how many diapers I'm adding to the landfill. Um, like I said, you can go through 10 diapers a day, some days, maybe more. Um, and so thinking about all those diapers, every single one you're adding to the landfill and then thinking about all the wipes that you use. And sometimes you are using a lot of wipes depending on this, um, it's a lot. It, it really, really is. So even if you're not completely 100% cloth diaper, even though, even if it's half and half, even if you only cloth diaper on the weekends, it makes a big difference. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, in my research, I've seen people who do a certain percentage of, you know, cloth diapering. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they don't do it a hundred percent of the time. They only do it at night or, or, you know, like on, or they, have disposable diapers at night and only cloth mm-hmm. diaper during the day. So mm-hmm. it is good to, you know, figure out some type of balance. It doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you also use reusable wipes too? <laughs> yeah, that's something very new for us. Okay. It's something that was always in the back of my head. Um, but again, it's like I said, I just... I have to choose what works for me. And that's what I hope to continue to encourage other women, other parents to do what works for you because something that works for one family may not work for another. And so with my son, we use regular traditional baby wipes. And um, like I said, each of those wipes are going straight to the landfill. So with my daughter, we were like, okay, let's try the reusable wipes. Let's see how it works. And it's really not that bad. I I don't know why I was so intimidated by it. I really was. And I'm like, what if I run out? But it's like, it's right. It's in your house. You have everything here. Um, So it's really not that bad. And coupling it with cloth diapers, you're just tossing everything together in the wet bag. So it's not like an extra step. I'm just, I'm already doing it pretty much. Wow. So um, how do you make the reusable wipes? So I use cloth wipes. Um, A lot of them are just like extra little bath towels that we had. Um, Because usually like baby shower gifts, people will get you a bunch of the little cloth wipes to, Mm -hmm. you know, wipe your baby. Um, So I have a bunch of those that I use. And then I even have like some old towels. And what I'll do is I'll get hot water, um, or I'll boil the water when she was really little, I would boil the water just to make sure it was like, everything was like nice and 
you know. Um, so I did that and let it cool, but now I just use hot water. And then I add to it, I use the Dr. Bronner's like unscented soap because it's a gentle soap. So I'll use a few drops of that. I'll add witch hazel and I'll add um, aloe vera to it. And then I'll also add some olive oil and I'll stir it. And I put it in like a really big pitch pitcher. And then I take the cloth, the cloth and I put it in a jar and I just pour the solution over top and that's it. Wow. <laughs> it doesn't take very long at all. It's super simple. I remember looking for recipes and I know some people add like preservatives or something to wow. make it last longer. I don't, it was, it was kind of stressing me out and I'm like, look, I'm just going to do this my way and see how it works. And so far it's worked really well for us. Um, yeah, that sounds great. So <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed, um, I guess, well, when, when you started cloth diapering, did mm -hmm. you like start from newborn or did you wait till they got to a certain age? That's a really good question. So um, for both of them, I did wait. So my son, I didn't start until like seven weeks, I think. Oh, that's and, early still. Um, I was so tired. I was <laughs> I was like, I can't learn another thing. <laughs> for sure. I'll diaper right uh -huh. now. And um, one day I was just sitting at home, just me and him. My husband had gone back to work. I was home um, from maternity leave still. And I'm like, let me just put a cloth diaper on him and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what I was doing. I'm sure the buttons were all messed up, but it kept his pee in. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. And so I just kept going. And I remember texting my husband a picture and I'm like, he's in a cloth diaper. And my husband's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but it works. It's really not that bad. And um, we just kept building on it. And that's pretty much how, how it started. We just went for it. Um, my daughter, I want to say maybe, maybe four or five weeks I started with her. Um, my son was pretty small. So getting those diapers on him was a little bit of a challenge, but my daughter, um, she's a bit juicier. <laughs> so it was much easier for me. And I guess I had been doing it for two years at that point. So I kind of right. knew a little bit more about what I was doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you, since since you use the cloth diapers, have you noticed like that they get less rashes or, you know, is it healthier for, you know, like their skin as well? I have personally noticed that. Um, of course, that doesn't mean that babies don't get diaper rashes. Like I won't right. I won't say that if you don't change your baby's diaper often enough, it happens. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Um, but I do notice that especially Sophia's skin, it's my daughter. Um, it's just like softer. It's not. um it's not red. It's not chafed. Um, and even, and I think the wipes that we use too has a lot to do with that as well, because it's very gentle. I posted it on Instagram and someone's like, oh, this sounds perfect for eczema. Um, mm -hmm. So it's very, very gentle on her skin. And I can definitely see, I can see a difference for sure. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Um, and you mentioned when you texted your husband when you first started using the cloth diapering, mm -hmm. was he, was it difficult to get him on board? Um, I'm fortunate. I mean, he, he knows how I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it wasn't a huge surprise to him. He's probably like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he definitely was not 
super excited at first because he's like, oh, that's just going to be more work. Mm. And the way that I kind of approached it was, let me show you how you can do this. Um, And so I just showed him and then I was like, if you don't want to do it right now, if you don't feel comfortable, we'll keep going back and forth until you feel more comfortable and you get to try it and test it out. And he's like, no, 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 we're, we're going to do it together. We'll do it together. Um, and so, like I said, I think I'm just fortunate. We've known each other for so long. We're middle yeah. school parts. So I think he just like, he knows how I am. <laughs> and yeah. he was, he's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's great that he's, you know, gotten on board with it and, you know, is, is willing to, to do it for the kids and for the planet. Love it. <laughs> so I, I could talk about cloth diapering all day, but <laughs> let's talk more about some other ways that people can be more eco-friendly with raising their kids. One of the ways that I think is really, really impactful, honestly, is just figuring out how to connect back to nature. It's just so powerful and so impactful. And that's something that I think a lot of people can do. Um, Even if that means you're just hanging out on your porch, hanging out on the front steps, if you are just getting out and connecting to nature in some way, we are naturally drawn to nature. Um, It's how we were built. It's how we were wired. If you think about all the benefits that nature provides to us, the vitamin D we get from the sun, um, the fact that it improves our blood pressure, it improves our mood, it reduces our stress levels. We are literally drawn to being outside. And I think life kind of suppresses that a little bit for us, but it is what's natural to us. And there's some quote that says something about like spending more time in nature helps you remember how important it is to protect it. And that is 100% true. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I didn't learn until I read that book is I am a part of nature and I am a part of the environment. So being able to spend more time in nature kind of helps you remember that. So I think that's one thing, um, spending more time in nature. Another thing is talking to your kids about the environment. Um, I just have this firm belief that it's our kids are going to be the future, right? You know, they are going to grow up. They're the future leaders. And I have this vision (laughs) That instead of the environment being an afterthought, instead of us making all of these decisions and then thinking about, oh, well, how can I make it more eco-friendly or how can I make this more sustainable? That if we raise more eco-conscious children, it'll be so ingrained into who they are that the decisions that they make when they're our leaders, the environment is ingrained in their decisions. Do you, do you get what I mean? Um It's something they don't have to have an additional panel about or think about in another way. It's just every single decision that they make, it will already be in that decision. How does this impact the planet? Um, So that's like my goal. (laughs) Um, Yes. And then I would say another thing that I do often, even with my son, who's two, I talk to him about litter. Um, I, I remember Mm -hmm. as a kid, the storm drain, you know, the, the box in the, I would like throw trash in there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know where it went. I thought it was a trash can. I had no idea that it connects to our local waterways. Mm -hmm. And for us, it ends up in the Chesapeake Bay and then the Atlantic ocean. Um, but just something as simple as, Hey, when you go outside and play, take your granola bar 
wrapper and make sure you put it in the trash or put it in your pocket. Something that simple is something that I feel like a lot of people can do. Um, it doesn't require money. It doesn't require anything like that, but just educating them and talking to them about the environment. Um, for older kids, I think it's also nice to um, not only explain the why, but kind of make it fun too. Um, connect it back to their mm-hmm. lives, connect it back to why it's important for their everyday lives. Even like the example I gave about not being able to get on the highway because of flooding for a 16 year old, that might resonate a little bit with them. You're driving. Imagine you can't get on right. the highway because of flooding. This is why that happens. And this mm-hmm. is, this is why it's important to know about that. Yes. Yes. I like just um, keeping the conversation going through, you know, everything that you're doing throughout the day. I can totally relate with the um, Mm -hmm. littering thing, but my story is kind of the opposite because like my mom, she, I don't know if she ever really told Mm -hmm. us not to litter, but um, one day I was driving in the car with my grandfather and like I had just finished an apple and I threw it out the window and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's going to, you know, it's, it's part of the it's part yeah. of the earth or whatever. And I got in so much trouble. He fussed at me so hard. He's like, you don't throw stuff out. You know, you don't throw stuff out into the, you know, out into the world. You put it in the trash can. And that, like, I was probably five or six. And that really has stuck with me. And whenever I see anybody litter, it just burns yes. me up. And that's so important that you say that you were five years old and you still remember that. It is never too early. Mm -hmm. Exactly. um, That's pretty similar (laughs) to what I tell my son. You know, we're pushing him in the stroller. We're taking our walks outside and he'll throw whatever it is, a toy, whatever. I'm like, no, that's litter. Mm -hmm. You can't throw it. And so now he repeats it back to me. When he wants to throw, he goes, no, mama, that's litter. (laughs) Oh, how cute. (laughs) I love it. Amazing talking to you. You've given me so much food for thought and like how I want to raise my kids to be more eco-conscious. And, you know, you're just, you're doing great work with, with raising your children and also giving more education to other parents. And then what you're doing with your job as an environmental educator, you're just like hitting all the notes. And I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you online. I'm happy that I have the opportunity to use this knowledge and this passion that I have and put it out to people to give people tangible, understandable ways to be more eco-conscious in their lives and even people with kids. Um, Having two small kids of my own, it's really difficult sometimes to live with the environment in mind, but it's totally possible. And I talk about that on my blog. That is where uh, you could find me. So I blog over at teachgogreen.com. And there I talk about eco living tips. I give some product recommendations for eco-friendly products that I've tried or swaps that I've made. And I also talk about eco-parenting or at least my take on eco-parenting. And I give a lot of tips, tricks, and advice for cloth diapering. I'm also on Instagram 
I try to post there as often as possible and the handle is the same teach go green I am also on Pinterest where I share a lot of those blog posts that I've created I also share some of the reels that I've made over on Instagram and just recently as in today I made a TikTok so feel free to follow me on TikTok at teach go green thank you so much Love it. Yeah, please go follow her. She's always dropping so much knowledge on Instagram. And it's like, okay, I got to share this and that. And it's it's great. I love it. (laughs) So before we close, what does it mean to you to be a sustainable brown girl? To me, being a sustainable brown girl means living with the environment in mind and teaching other people, especially people that look like me, that they could do it too. Even as a busy mom with a lot going on, even if you are working full time, there is still something that everyone could do that will have a positive impact on the environment. And I'm excited and I'm happy that I have the opportunity to use my voice and use my knowledge to help inspire others in that way. It's one of the things that makes me really excited. Yes, love it. So good. Thank you so much, Lacey. It was such a pleasure having you on here. Please go follow her on Instagram, read her blog. You will be there for hours just learning. Thank you. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow me at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send me any questions, comments, or topic ideas to sustainablebrowngirl at gmail.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and for the health of our planet. Thanks for listening.